You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the Mad Ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your middlingly techie, lover of freedom and basher of the bad guys host, Cam Harless. And with me as always is your almost a Luddite, but can cook and garden you under the table hostess, Miss Jessica Green. How you doing, Jessica? How do you do? I'm well. <laughs> thank you for asking. I I like to make sure that you're okay and that <laughs> I want everyone to know that this is not a hostage situation. No. It's not. And Think I'm definitely twice. not being pressured to say that it's not a hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a very special guest for you today. Also, we are live streaming to Odyssey for the first time ever. Because this guest, I emailed him the link to StreamYard and he said, hey, can you live stream on Odyssey? And I was like, I didn't know I could do that yet. Yes. So we're, we're live streaming there. We're live streaming on Rockfin and YouTube. If you like us, you can find us. Um, but before we bring him on, uh, we should say a special thank you to our guests. Or not our guests, our uh, benefactors, our sponsors, the guests. people who make this worthwhile. Um, ZenPro Audio. If you want a microphone, Burgett Dev Services, if you want some software solutions, custom ones done, Lorenzotti Coffee with promo code The Mad Ones if you want some delicious Italian beans in your mouth. And finally, uh, the best 60 second podcast of all time, Opsec Drip with Pilar Petrie. And with that, I will. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going like to say, Italian I love beans? Italian beans in my mouth. That's great. <laughs> They're love. <laughs> They're nice. Lovely. Go ahead. <laughs> Wonderful thing. Uh, but yeah. with that, we're going to bring in our guest. Uh, and joining us tonight is the man who is on the forefront of the technological revolution, a man whose work attacks crony corporatist censorship and the bad guys, bad guys behind the desks in Washington, D.C., a man who is proving how obsolete the state really is day in and day out by doing rather than just talking. A hero in the fight for freedom of speech and information, the founder of Library and Odyssey, Mr. Jeremy Coffin. Thank you. It is it is great to be here. That was a, a wonderful introduction. That's He's all good I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and but truthfully, he has been so excited about being able to stream on Odyssey. Like that's been something we've wanted to do for a long time. So we're really happy about that. Yeah, we're we're so glad to have you. Uh, it's definitely. <laughs> the future, right? Um, you know, what we're doing, I think we're the only one that can credibly say we're going to succeed what came before. You know, a lot of these other right. ones, they're trying to clone YouTube. We've built something genuinely different that they mm -hmm. genuinely can't, you know, kind of copy back. And so, uh, yeah, if anyone's watching this and they're not watching it on Odyssey, I would, I would love if you hopped over, but you know, do, you do you, and I'm happy to talk to you about what we're doing and, and everything that's going on. Earn some LBC while you're watching this, man. I mean, that's right. That's right. Well, I mean, 
and and maybe that's a good place to start. Like, what is Odyssey, and and, and yeah. what is Library for for people who might not know? Definitely. Right. It's mm -hmm. it's definitely a good place to start because one, I mentioned that you're fighting the bad guys in Washington, specifically the SEC right now. And I was reading your tweets the other day, and you had said that in order to get the information that they so-called needed about Odyssey, library, all of that, you had to manually print out your website and send it to them because they couldn't look on GitHub that I use every day in order to see what's going on on the website. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to that, and I'll talk about why my company is is being pursued by the SEC. Uh, my opinion is it's it's both because um, the SEC is is trying to suppress the cryptocurrency industry generally, mm -hmm. and also you know if you're a regulator type, you really don't like what we've been building at Library, which is spelled L B R Y, uh, because it it's really uh, it makes it very hard to control uh, the ability for people to exchange information with one with one another, right? We like mm -hmm. to say that library does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. Uh, and so library is this open source protocol that does all these things. I can get super nerdy about what library does and is because I'm a big nerd myself. But for people who don't want to hear all the nerdy stuff, and I don't, I don't think we're going to necessarily get into all the nerdy stuff, odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, is the easiest way to use it. And, and Odyssey, you can use, most people who use it don't even realize they're interacting with this open source decentralized blockchain protocol. They're just like, right. this is, uh, you know, this is a better version of YouTube. This is like YouTube five or 10 years ago before YouTube became super corporate. And right. so you don't have to understand all the details, go to Odyssey, just have a good time. Uh, but if you are the, if you are a techie type, if you are into the blockchain stuff, if you're into cryptocurrency, uh, there's a very interesting technology behind it called library. Library is being sued by the SEC. And yes, as part of the SEC suit, and now the SEC has explicitly said to us, they just want to run up our costs, right? Like they know that they're just trying wow. to screw with us. And one of the ways that they tried to screw with us, they said, give us every copy of your website. Well, I said, well, you know, our website is, is a GitHub repository literally everything goes into the github repository it's not just the code the text right so the blog posts are github commits everything is a, a git commit everything is in in git so we said okay every version of the website you know that's like five thousand something versions or whatever the number is there's a git repo you know you can literally see every copy of the website they said we can't deal with that we said do you want us to print out <laughs> every iteration <laughs> they said we had to deliver it in print uh, and then, so they did say they didn't want all five thousand versions because you know every typo is a new is a new commit. <laughs> right. so right. They had us. They had us. They did have us print out at some time interval. I don't remember what it was. You know, two weeks or a month. So we had to write code to generate the website at certain time intervals and then print out every copy of it. And then we mailed all those to the SEC. We've sent the SEC uh, around a million pages of paper. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's. I mean this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to run up our costs. I mean we we I've spent more than a million dollars, uh, dealing. Wow. With yeah. Well, and I was watching a video earlier today just to kind of revamp under re understand what's going on. You know, like hey, I want to you know clear up my dome. Um, and the the girl had said something about how the SEC would only communicate with you 
via phone call and nothing yeah. in writing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, these really are like landline people that are trying to regulate technology in like a post cell phone world. Yeah. But I don't, I think it's a mistake to think that they're dumb. They're not dumb. Um, like the guy who's, who's going after us, he's, you know, he's a Harvard educated lawyer. He's not, he's not an idiot. I mean, he's mm -hmm. not good at technology, but that, but people can be smart and not good at technology. Right. Like That's this guy is, is, is good at politics. He has a political agenda and, and he's done a good job, you know, wasting my company's time and money. Right. So, you know, and yeah. that, again, that's their ultimate goal. That's what they say. You get on the phone with them. And, and yes, that, I mean, it is, it is, I mean, like I'm, I was not the most pro government guy, like at any point in the last decade, <laughs> but I do. I am that that kind of person who believes that like like my my sister works for the government. She works for the General Services Administration. Like you know, she believes she's doing a good thing. She's helping the government run more efficiently, right? And it's like I do think most a lot of your not all, but a lot of people in government are there because like they believe in government. They want to do a good right. job. There's mm -hmm. some who are there's some who are lazy or bad or or whatever. Um, but it's not all of them. I mean, this guy, I think, is not in that trying to do, trying to do good category. I think he's highly political and mm -hmm. he's, he's uh, you know, kind of set his targets on us because what we do is, I mean, it is, it is pretty revolutionary. And so if you have that mindset of the government needs to control everything, what we've built is, is pretty scary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that. <laughs> it's uh, a pr fairly prominent um, like libertarian podcaster personality had actually come to me and my business partner, Ryan, and was like, Hey, we were kicked off of WordPress. We were kicked off of this. We were kicked off of that. You know, we want our website back. We want to be able to post again. Um, what do you want to do? And Ryan, of course, and I, we were like, let's make her uncancelable. And so like the first step in uncancelable was library. Yeah. Yeah, because we've canceled canceling. I love that. That is, and that's that. That's why I've been so excited about the possibility of going live on Odyssey and been looking for it and somehow missed it completely, <laughs> like a luddite. <laughs> it's very but, new. It's very new. Like your ability to go live, it was like probably in the last month that you could do it. So like, don't don't feel like it was cool. it was something. Yeah, it's very new. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just glad to be here because, you know, I'm not we're not like saying anything that's going to get us removed from YouTube. Like we're smart. We're not stupid and we're not racist and we're not horrible people. But it's nice to know that if we push back against the government and the YouTube and Susan doesn't like that, I don't have to worry about Susan anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a, it's not just about like edgy stuff and stuff at, at the fringes. I mean, I think maybe, maybe not even one percent of stuff that's on library is probably in that category. It's right. in the same way that, like, in the in the same <clears throat> appeal of Bitcoin, it's like, you know, well, do you want to own your identity online, or do you want someone else someone else to end it? Do you want the rules to change on you without your permission, or do you want to have a say in how the rules change? Like, like it's 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 a genuinely more, you know. Uh, egalitarian, you know, giving people more of a voice and a more say in, in terms of how the whole 
system works. Like our competitive advantage is that we've handcuffed ourselves, right? It's that we literally can't do the things that the big tech companies have done. That's appealing to a, a really wide range of people. It's not, it's not just the controversial people or the libertarians. I mean, you're going to find so much stuff on, on Odyssey that, you know, that's just like, you know, enjoyable content. It's more mm -hmm. like, I mean, YouTube, I mean, <laughs> YouTube has become so crazy. Like it's not, cause it's not just the stuff that they delete. Like they explicitly have this like pro corporate yeah. bias, pro mainstream bias where they're like really trying to enforce the status quo. And like, it's not, it's all kinds of people, right? It's everyone outside of that, like that corporate centrist, you know, kind of middle, um, mm -hmm. you know, we have, we have dedicated socialists and dedicated and diehard communists and all kinds of people. And I'm all for it because I want everyone to be able to, to speak and exchange information. It's not like a particularly libertarian, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So when I was <clears throat> trying to read up on what exactly the SEC's problem was with you guys, the nearest I could determine is that you do exactly what world of Warcraft does <laughs> where you have gold, you use money, to buy gold in the game and then the people using the game exchange the gold and, and i don't the people see who I... make wow use the money sent to buy that gold in order to make wow better and to pay their employees you 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 build up your characters that way people sell their characters so i i mean as far as i could tell as a gamer i'm like this has existed for a while in a different form you're yeah look i think you're absolutely correct i think under the standard being advanced in this case it's not just an cryptocurrency and i mean like literally all cryptocurrency maybe bitcoin gets by i don't even mm. think ethereum gets by right like because the core thing that they're saying here is uh, but, uh, and by the way we have a website with all the details you can read the full legal complaint complaint we're an extremely transparent company so help lbry save crypto.com has okay. all of it there's video there's text there's a fact there's uh, you know all the information is on there um but the the yeah they're they're basically saying if you hold some of this token or you're selling this thing while also improving it that that makes it a security it doesn't matter if you can use it it doesn't matter if you did an ico we didn't do an ico it you don't have to commit fraud right they're not alleging fraud they're saying because we owned the library cryptocurrency and we improved the library cryptocurrency that made it uh, security. Uh, and I think the standard that they're advancing in this case is so aggressive. It's beyond Ripple. Um, it would include, I think what they're trying to do is set a precedent that would allow them to, to regulate everything, including Ethereum, right? Ethereum's building Ethereum 2.0. Ethereum mm -hmm. 1.0 was not a quote, finished product, right? Like that's what they're alleging is that library was not a finished product. You could use it. People could buy it. Uh, right. Every the core properties were there. It's true. Over the last several years, we've continued to improve it. That's what you do. You know, every technology continues to improve. There's a great back and forth in my. I went in and I was, you know, I was compelled to give testimony, and so I went in and gave testimony for about eight or nine hours. And um, wow. but there was a little bit of back and forth in there. And one of the things that came up, I was like, well, they're asking me these questions, and you know well, was library done or not? And I was like, could you name a technology that doesn't continue to improve? You know, mm -hmm. and they, could, they couldn't name one 
because every technology continues to improve. So this is, and so I really want to emphasize like, this is not about library. They're not trying to shut down the library network because that can't be done. They're not trying to take everyone, every individual's cryptocurrency because again, that can't be done. What they're trying to do is damage me and my company because what we're doing, I mean, we have one of the most used cryptocurrency protocols in the world. There are going to be a million people who use library today, right? So they're trying to damage us. I don't think it's going to work. I mean, it'll work in the sense that they'll cost us some time and some money. They're not going to stop us from continuing to build. We're building faster than ever. Library is growing faster than ever. So, I mean, it's more about like, there's a dangerous precedent that would be set here that would really damage the cryptocurrency industry in the United States, right? Because again, it's also, it's only a US thing. And right. so it's mm -hmm. like, do we want the US to be at the forefront of the cryptocurrency industry? Or do we want the US to be this like backward nation where almost all <laughs> cryptocurrencies are illegal? I mean, that's, right. that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, someone had <laughs> said <clears throat> that your only mistake was being an American company. <laughs> That's, How do you so, feel about that? Um, yeah, look, I get that uh, comment from time to time. I think that's not true. Um, the United States, like I'm a U.S. citizen and under the law that they're advancing here, it's like I would have to, I could maybe get around it if I like renounced my citizenship and was not a U.S. citizen. It doesn't matter where the company is located. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that like, like you could have three companies doing this uh, like I'm still here living in the U S I'm still someone who's, who's working on and building this. I'm still a, uh, I forget what the term is, but like, it's something like key participant. That's not the actual legal phrase. It's, I, I want to say it's like AC active contributor. I don't know. The point is we could have been incorporated somewhere else. I do think that would have like lowered where we were on the chopping block. Cause part of what's going on here, I also think is that regulators are lazy and yeah. we made it like easy because we're a very honest and transparent company, but they're going to go after everyone. Like this comp that what we're doing is like, if you're, if you have that regulator mindset, you're worried about it. I think that we would have, they would have come after us one way or another, uh, whether we were in the U S or not. Hmm. Well, one of the things that uh, my, my, like I said, my business partner, he's actually starting a uh, a new company with his brother, and the what he's using, I think it is very similar to how Library Coin works, which is it's the gas to the network rather than it's used rather than if you catch what I mean. It's not just for trading. It's not just for money. It's used to run your entire site. It's yeah, the gas. I yeah, I didn't like to me the cryptocurrency. Like, uh, I sometimes get myself in trouble because, like, a lot of people are really excited about the like financial side of it. But I came at this as a computer scientist. I like economics. I, there's there's probably few subjects I know more about that I don't have a degree in. But like, I, I didn't want to create new money. I didn't. Right. I I liked blockchain as this idea. Blockchain is a really empowering technology. Right. If you if you have this libertarian ethos, this egalitarian ethos of like you don't like corporate power or you don't like state power or whatever it is, you just don't like, you know, you want things to be more more locally controlled. Blockchain is really good at this. It's like one of the greatest innovations ever at, at, at providing this. 
Yeah. And a blockchain is fundamentally a database. That's kind of a mm -hmm. boring thing to start talking about, but that is <laughs> what it is. And you can do all kinds of things with the database. A database doesn't just have to keep track of money. It can keep track of all kinds of things. And that's how I ended up coming up with the idea for library is it's like, well, what else could you do with this? Right. Bitcoin right. was a database that was keeping track of these financial accounts, but you can keep track of all kinds of things. You need to have that financial element, right? You can't remove the financialization, but you can do other things and then also have the financialization. And so we said, let's use a blockchain to maintain this register of digital content. Let's create publisher identities and let's store like content metadata and like, let's use a blockchain to do this. And I was so excited mm -hmm. about that because it meant that we can have this worldwide register of information that exists, right? That's literally why the company is called library is because, you yeah. know, what, what, if you think of prior to the internet, what are the largest, what's the largest collection of information? It's a library, right? That was the, those were the largest ones. And so we called it library because a blockchain can reproduce that. We can have a worldwide global registry of digital content that's not owned by anyone, that's not controlled by anyone, that everyone has local control and local say into how they interact with the system. And like right. that was such a beautiful idea to me. I couldn't stop thinking about it and I had to build it. Well, and like the, the Library of Alexandria, it can't be burnt down. And that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful concept. Yeah. Well, I I'm like one of those people who's like like annoyingly concerned about correctness, you know. And so it's like I can't even say that it's censorship proof because it's like, well, you could destroy the internet, right? Like you could destroy, you know, you right. Could, you know? right? So it's like it's very hard to destroy. It's going to be very very hard to destroy library. Like I think it's the most censorship resistant way that we could ever publish. Like I think it's better than BitTorrent right or other or other kinds of technologies that are in this in this space um yeah i think that you know platforms like youtube for example have given way to the government in a lot of ways and so they're used to this sort of like deference to them and so anyone who's not deferring to them and saying okay i'll remove this because it upsets you is going to receive their wrath because automatically you're already saying you're not you're not saying you're doing something specific against the government but you're not going to play their game or remove stories or, you know, um, I, I hate to bring it up. I know Cam hates this topic, but for example, doctors who speak out against COVID, this is not somebody who's like edgy or political or anything like that. They just speak out against some of the political things about COVID, not COVID itself. I should be very specific about that. I just hate, um, I just hate COVID talk. Is, is, is I, know, I know, I know. Well, can but they hate it, but I, but, but, but I love it because I think it's such a, I think it's such a good example. And mm -hmm. I, I and, and in the case of YouTube, I think they go above and beyond. Like they're not responding to like formal government complaints. They're like, they're like, uh, they've wedded themselves to the establishment in a way that's really weird. You know, YouTube was deleting content that disagreed with the WHO. The WHO has contradicted themselves like six different times in the last 12 yeah. months. Uh, you have things like, and I have no, I have like no strong opinions on all this stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I try to be like very humble about what I, I know, but something that I do mm -hmm. know is that like, we have to be able to debate things to find the truth. And so yes. like to be deleting content, it's like, oh, lab leak is a conspiracy theory. And it was a conspiracy theory for like nine months. And now it's an accepted <laughs> theory because, you know, I don't know, the, the corporate press has finally covered it. You know, so for yeah. months, I mean, you're talking about like super mainstream stuff. We had medical doctors getting deleted from YouTube. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the libertarians, you know, Tom Woods, Ron Paul, we're, yeah. we're getting blocked and deleted by YouTube. I mean, like the, the president Trump's medical advisor, like he was appointed by the president as a medical advisor to COVID. He's a licensed medical doctor. He's a doctor mm-hmm. at Stanford. Like you can't get more credential than this. <laughs> like how does YouTube think that they know better? Like they're mm-hmm. serving interests. They're not, it's, you know, this, this was not like crazy fringe stuff. And look, I, my opinion is like, basically let it all go. But like, you know, the, but it, in the, in some of the stuff that YouTube was deleting in the last year, it was not just stuff at the, like the far fringes. It was stuff like, you know, in the 30, 40%, like questioning things that if you believe in science, like ought to be questionable. Right. Right. Well, it's like today, I don't know if you saw it. There was a tweet that went around that, uh, uh, some corporate press outlet. I can never remember which one it is. Cause I don't, Fuck these people. Um, (laughs) But they had said something about how um, this had been a trial run for how they can deal with things in the future. And uh, like I see that and I'm like, oh, you mean all of this stuff that we were saying a year ago (laughs) that we were talking about saying, oh, this is this this feels like a stress test. This feels like how far they can go, what they can do to mitigate illness. Last year's conspiracy theory becomes this year's truth. Yeah. And but you weren't allowed to talk about it last year if you had said something along the lines of oh they're going to require vaccine passports. You would have been considered a conspiracy theorist and probably removed if you had made a video about it. But now it's something they're seriously talking about in government. So, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory. I, I, I mean, it's a theory that people were conspiring, which they do and get caught doing all the time. So are you not free to theorize about conspiracies, which do occur? Like, why is that term so fraught when it in fact is the truth? Because the CIA wanted it to be seen that way. Yeah. Right. Well, I I mean, beyond that, I I mean, I agree with everything that you you guys are saying. Like, (laughs) if, if, if you have a conspiracy theory that serves establishment interests, then like, they're happy hey. to, they're, <laughs> yeah. right? They're they're happy to embrace it, right? right. Like you could look at uh, l- there are certain economic beliefs that um some people hold. They're like no economists hold them. They're extremely fringe in terms of the trusted experts, right? So mm-hmm. if the, the standard of conspiracy theory is like the people who study the thing that you're talking about, they all say that it's false, right? Well, you can advance conspiracy theories in economics. You can go completely yeah. crazy. Um, I would argue that there are certain beliefs around certain social beliefs, uh, you know, that we, we, we have politicians advancing conspiracy theories in terms of the, the causes of certain social uh, behaviors and social things in the sense that like none of the evidence supports this, you know, there's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's really, you know, the experts don't believe it, right. It's, it's popular. Right. Uh, and so they believe it, right. Like really, um, there's, it's it's strange to me what's ended up getting labeled as a conspiracy theory, uh, and, and what hasn't, and it really to me shows the amount of control that a certain group of people have, you know, sort of over mm-hmm. narrative or discourse or, or Let's how call them the cathedral. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> to the point to the point where they physically go in that, and change yeah. definitions on the like the Merriam-Webster website has been caught several times because you can art. This is archived on the internet. 
So you can see where in 2019, 2020, they physically changed some of the definitions that are in the dictionary. You want to talk about narrative control. You're literally changing the dictionary to suit your political interests. It's yeah, like- uh, Yeah, no, there, there was one, they did it in the same day. I, it, was at, it was something related to, gosh, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. It was, it was something related to- um, some some term for homosexuals, whether it was like yes, do you know I this one? This. Yeah, I, I remember don't, it. I can't tell you what the word is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. You trying probably to avoid shouldn't the word. say what the word I'm is. Not, I'm not, <laughs> well, no, no, it's not. No, it was like it was, it was like no one toast. thought this word was um was like uh, uh had this negative connotation, and it was like a, a a member of the political establishment said that had a negative connotation, and Dictionary.com updated the same day yeah. like within hours uh and like okay you can't say that 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 word anymore wow i remember yeah. that happening but honestly the word the word that they objected to was so milk toast and boring and like not something you would ever think is that that i've forgotten mm -hmm. what it was me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things that i i applaud you for and i think is very fascinating is um for those out out there that watch this that are anarchists or libertarians or however they want to de define themselves, you have decided instead of just talking, you're living this, you know, you are doing. And so you created library, you created Odyssey, you're a part of the Free State Project. Like you have decided to live this life rather than just, you know, be on Twitter and scream. So I appreciate that level of... Um, commitment to what you you doing what you believe i feel like i don't know enough about the free state project from someone who lives there and is in a keniac so would you be willing to talk about that a little bit yeah also I, I, mention what a keniac is because i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i can give a definition i'm, I'm not going to give that okay so <laughs> i don't know a lot about the keniacs but um Within New Hampshire, where the Free State Project happens, there's a, a town mm -hmm. called Keene, and there okay. were a particular set of very radical anarchists that lived in that town that would cause a lot of trouble because uh, one thing or another, like they, they, like let's, I can't give you specifics, but let's say they didn't like nudity laws, and so they'd stand on their back porch naked. It was that kind of person. <laughs> I believe, That's my kind of folks and, right there. <laughs> I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but I believe before he went in completely fucking insane, Cantwell was a keniac. Uh, when he, so maybe like 10 years ago when he was, yeah, born, like a long time ago. Yeah. He did start more libertarian before he went, you know, kind of full crying Nazi. All, all, all right. Racist. Like, I don't, I don't think the keniacs were welcoming him, you know, for, for some time. Um, but yeah, well, so let me be clear, though, as we kind of pivot, like, I do have political beliefs, like, I try very hard to not let I mean, everyone has political beliefs. Um, I try very hard, like not to let them um, kind of bleed into the company, like there is a sense like, right. so, like, there's a free speech and like, personal choice aspect of, of the technology that we've built. But that doesn't mean that the technology or what we've built is like for libertarians, like to me, it's right. more it's for everyone, everyone, everyone who wants right. to make choices for them for themselves. And I'm like an enthusiastic supporter of like of the communists or the authoritarians or like or anyone, you know, anyone who wants to uh, uh, who wants to use it. But um, I am personally more um, speech, 
Yeah. Well, politically, I'm I'm pretty to to extremely uh, libertarian. I moved to <laughs> I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I'm on the board of the Free State Project. Um, I think it's the best chance for actually achieving liberty. Um, okay. I can talk about why, both from like a theoretical perspective and from like a pragmatic perspective, in the sense of some of the stuff that's been going on here is is really incredible. Um, I guess I could start by talking about. <laughs> uh, so I have this debate uh, at Porkfest, uh, which is this libertarian festival in New Hampshire. It's it's taking place next month. I'm I'm debating uh, Angela McCardle, uh, who I think is decently likely to be the next chair of the Libertarian Party uh, because oh. she's the she's the Mises Caucus favorite, and the Mises Caucus seems to be seems to be doing pretty well. And I'm a Mises Caucus. Uh, Supporter, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like, I don't think there's a path to, to, to libertarianism in the United States. I think it's a mistake to uh, pursue mm -hmm. it. I actually think it's kind of rude to, pers to pursue <laughs> it, um, which is I something that. that, yeah, which is something that I think a lot, would upset a lot of libertarians because libertarians, like everyone, you know, want to believe that their beliefs are somehow correct. Um, nice. I, I, I don't really believe that. Um, I believe that people have different moral preferences. Mm -hmm. And I believe that libertarians, myself among them, like I share the libertarians' moral preferences, but I don't think our moral preferences are somehow absolutely correct. I think they're more akin to something like ice cream flavors, you know, like, ah. we, yeah, right. Like we like strawberry. We're kind of the weird ones, right? Like everyone else likes vanilla or chocolate. You know, we like strawberry. There's nothing wrong with liking strawberry. You shouldn't be shamed for liking strawberry. You're not a criminal that deserves investigation from the CIA for liking strawberry. <laughs> but you have uh, you have some preferences that other that a lot of other people don't don't have. And and the ceiling for how many people in the population are going to have these preferences is like truthfully like it's it's certainly under twenty. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it was only five or ten uh, percent, right? Yeah. And it's like that's fine. Like I'm fine. Like fine. Yeah. But you know, but a lot of libertarians want to believe that they have this like absolute correctness to their moral arguments and like everyone should oh, yeah. see things the way that they see things. That's not really my style. Um, I kind of came to realize that libertarianism appeals to me personally. I think it's correct. It doesn't appeal to other people, but we still deserve the right to live the way that we want to live. It's a huge mm -hmm. world. Yeah. You know, there's there's seven billion people on earth. I don't know how many square miles it is, but it's a bunch of them, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so like, okay, if there are millions of people and there are millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions if you're talking about uh, globally, uh, who believe what we believe, mm -hmm. why can't we have a space that works according to our rules? Why do we have yeah. to be dominated by, you know, extremely coercive governments across the entire globe? And, right. you know, and, and so to me, it, and by the way, if you, if you present it this way, it's also something that like, even people who disagree with you strongly respect, right? Cause it's like, if you, if you, if, if you're a libertarian and you're arguing with someone, you're like, oh, you know, the police shouldn't exist or uh, the fire department shouldn't exist or welfare shouldn't exist or whatever it is. People feel like you're trying to take something away from them that they yeah. believe in. But right. if you if you go to this person, you say, "Well, this is my belief. I want to live in a world that works this way. I'm not trying to like take away yours, <laughs> you right. know. Like yeah. I just want to live this way for myself." 
almost everyone's cool with it, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so that's part of why I really like the free state Except project. For the federal government. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> but even the federal government, like, dude, they don't, they couldn't shut down uh, 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 an anarchist, like, two-block camp in Seattle. Like, there's no <laughs> appetite for the federal government to, like, to, to really go. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> and by the way, libertarians, you got to be like, these guys are doing a better job than us because like that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Cause I, I saw all this stuff happening and I'm like, how do they have the balls that a lot of the anarchists that I know don't have? Like what, what why, why, why are we that's not? That's what this? I said. Um, the ghetto, <laughs> the ghetto can throw a boog better than anybody. Yeah. Well, look, the free state project is kind of the, movement for for libertarians with balls and we're like kind of <laughs> taking over the state like some of this and you can follow the free state project free state nh on on twitter has a bunch of the info like okay. um basically half the republican party is uh something like ron paul libertarians maybe not all the way ron paul but like pretty close like um Basically, uh, and so the Republicans control the entire state government in New Hampshire. New Hampshire did did vote Democrat federally, but the state is entirely controlled by Republicans. Uh, free staters, uh, which are the libertarian, free staters are libertarians in New Hampshire, um, mm -hmm. and we encourage more to move here. So, if you're a libertarian and you move to New Hampshire, you're a free stater. Uh, about forty elected uh, representatives moved here as part of the Free State Project. About another sixty plus are libertarians and already lived here mm -hmm. and you know we're, we're we have more control of the government than we ever have and it's only accelerated um, would i have to hang out yeah. with nicholas our work though is the question <laughs> no you I do don't not wanna. Uh, like and 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 if you you know, and if you uh, Nicholas Sarwark's, uh, you know, <laughs> impotency here is on public display. Uh, he regularly publicly rails against the Free State Project for not listening to him. Uh, so he, that look, I you know, I don't I disagree with Nick on a lot of things. I think, and I think Nick is um, kind of a slimy person, honestly. Uh, but uh, no he, one disagrees with you. No one, <laughs> no one disagrees with you. Here's here's what I don't think he's actually a Fed. I do think he's actually uh, a libertarian. I think he places just way too much weight on this like identity politics stuff, yeah. and it, and it and it colors every the, his entire view of the world. Um, but I, you know, uh, we're trying to be welcoming to all libertarians. So like even the blue pilled ones are 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 you know <laughs> we're happy to have you. Um, uh, I, I'm not in that camp, right? So I, I, I'm yeah. probably not the best recruiter for you. But like, we're trying to be inclusive to to all of the all the libertarians. And the point is, like, we're actually winning. And not only are we winning, like, the power of community is really huge. Like, co you know, it's like COVID happened, but we have a network of ten thousand libertarians who are you know behave the way that libertarians behave. And so I don't know. I think it's really special. Um, I think. I think if you're even remotely curious, you should visit and come and, and come and check it out because I think that I think it's a way that libertarianism can actually win. If we physically concentrate ourselves, I think we can actually win. There's a practicality to what you're talking about with the COVID thing and there just being people not willing to participate in it because there were definitely like lockdown measures in Georgia that the population simply ignored, like the stores and the people, we just didn't do it. And so it's not as though you can come and arrest all of us. 
So there is like a practicality to gathering enough people who feel that way into one place. And I'm grateful that I live in the country out in Georgia where that was the case. But um, that's what I think is interesting about the free state, though. I worry that we're sort of get, gathering ourselves into a single area where we can be fought easily. <laughs> but that, that's I see. But I think that's uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I okay. don't think I, I uh, also we're very good fighters. Uh, but uh, but like I I. <laughs> I, I just like think, guns. yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> we do like guns. We lose a lot of them because uh, we like boating so much, but boating, there's, yeah. uh, I, I just think like, and, and social media compounds this, like for a government to come in and, and crush people who are behaving peacefully. I, I think it's really hard um, in the sort of like modern era where everything can be recorded and everyone has right. a cell phone and, and, and this mm -hmm. kind of thing, like, because we're not, it'd be one thing if we were trying to subvert other people, the way that other people wanted to live. Right. Like, so, mm -hmm. but we're not trying to do that. Right. Like we're trying mm -hmm. to take over the smallest area that the constitution and the current structure of the federal government allows like truthfully even if it ever came to like some kind of thing like okay give us less space you know give, give us like uh you know some small number of square miles you know like we don't need that much space to build a a, a libertarian um you know society um, that's an, a position of nuance that i haven't heard from a lot of libertarian-minded people that most of them say well we want to end authoritarianism period and then you have said, I'm not trying to take away your desire to live under an authoritarian government. I just want my own space not to. And I think that that's um, more of a winning tactic because it doesn't threaten the blue-pilled, as we say, the blue-pilled person that you're talking to, saying, I'm going to unmake the post office and the, the military and everything that you've come to like associate with yourself personally in this we are the government, we are the state mentality that Americans have. So you're saying, hey, I'm not trying to unmake what you are as a person. I'm just trying to do my own separate thing. I think that's a winning tactic. I like that a lot. Yeah, I also think, and this, I think a lot of libertarians get this wrong. They think that other, they think that other people are like them. Um, they mm -hmm. think that they have these arguments that are somehow objectively correct. And so they say things like, you know, all rights for all people, or I'm not going to stop till everyone is free. And it's like, that's actually another form of dominance and dominating others that is no different wow. than what the statists yeah. do. It's yeah. it's no different. Like you need to recognize that. And, and I'm not saying that we don't have a lot in common. Like I have a lot in common, like no one likes murder, you know, like, and there are TV shows we have in common and all kinds of things. So, like we still have plenty in common. I'm not trying to say these people are like, that like people who aren't libertarians are like somehow aliens from us, but right. we have some fundamentally different moral views these are not logically derived. Our morals are not logically derived. Like you're not going to argue people into sharing your views. Mm. It's important. One of the reasons I'm like a Mises caucus supporter is like what it, what is important is that there are people who have these moral intuitions who need to get exposed to these ideas. And that's why we need to have these like unequivocally libertarian voices because for that five, 10, 15% who does really sympathize with these perspectives, like they need to hear them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And like the libertarian party helped me become more libertarian when I was a, a teenager into my early twenties, because like I, 
It's like, oh my God, this is really interesting. Like we don't need to be, you know, fighting a war in Iraq. Like, you know, we don't need to be doing these things. And, and, and it jived with my sympathies. Um, but as I got older and arguably wiser, debatable, <laughs> um, you know, I, I came to realize that like, there are some fundamental differences that these aren't like I, when I was younger, I thought that they were like objectively correct, you know, mm -hmm, um, that mm -hmm. other people should see the world the way that I do. Uh, and as I got older, I came, I came to see that like, no, some of this is like a fundamental difference of perspective and, and other people aren't going to see the, the world the way that I do. Honestly, I feel like I'm one of those people who feels that, Oh, okay. These are objectively correct ideas. Like freedom must be objectively correct. So you're actually, currently giving me that different perspective and hopefully i can be more effective in sharing libertarian ideas if i'm not threatening to take away what yeah. people hold so dear i think that's i think that's phenomenal thank yeah. you thank you well i it's funny because i was having this discussion with another libertarian here who i respect quite a bit and he we were talking about how we had gone through the the same thing and uh this this same kind of realization and we took it completely differently like he was saying well this is really hard for me because like i thought like it made me feel like an alien compared to other people and mm -hmm. so on and like and 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 so maybe it is that way for cuz for me it was like I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense. Cause like, I couldn't understand it. Like for a long time, I was like, well, why don't other people like see the world the way that I do? I'm like, these are really good arguments. These are really good, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but to understand that like people actually like understanding that like our logic sits on top of our values, our values are not for the most part, logically derived. Occasionally logic can override our values. I'm not saying that's impossible, but like our values are like, are actually lower than our logic. This is kind of like Hume or, or Jonathan Haidt is kind of a modern uh, speaker okay. of these ideas. Um, but our logic sits on top of our values. You can't really logically get your values to change. Um, when we're talking about people that are actually kids and children, maybe we can indoctrinate them to have different values. But like really by the time that you're an adult, you know, your values are they're not that flexible. Um, yeah. You know, and so... Some people may not realize that they have certain values because they hadn't, you know, they, they hadn't been exposed to this idea, and all of a sudden it clicks with them. Oh, I do have that value, um, but a lot of people aren't aren't, aren't going to have them. And so things like, I mean, examples of things like, how much do you respect authority? A lot of people treat respect for authority as something that is like actually innately principle. good. Yeah. I, I doubt anyone here does feels that way. Right? <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the authority. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. or other things like how much value, you know, there are, are trade-offs and, and COVID is a good example, like where it's like a lot of, most people loved it, right? Like most people like wanted yeah. the government to do, to do Nothing more. To me, but you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's like, to think that like, like to me, like I'm experiencing, I'm like, this is the most offensive thing that's ever happened to me, right? <laughs> like it's repulsive to see it happen. Yeah. It, it, that's not how most people subjectively experienced it. And, yeah. and it's like, you're not going to like logic them into experiencing that differently. I just don't, I just don't think you're going to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I agree. Go ahead. I, de I know I was going to say, I definitely agree with that assessment of, it's kind of forcing our ideas and values on people who don't want it. That's something that I've, I've argued 
I don't say I'm not really argue, but I've talked about in the past because I don't really argue anymore. I don't see the fucking point. <laughs> That's like, very enlightened. That's a very enlightened position. Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> I, 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 if there's someone worth arguing with, I just troll them instead and have fun with it. But <laughs> But that's a, that's a question that I've asked. And so that's been one of my primary issues with the concept of the LP is this grand structure that's going to impose freedom on everyone. It just does not line up with me logically or values wise. And so I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Cause I'm, I fall more within the agorist camp of, I want to take care of myself. I want to take care of my family. I want to grow and I want to live as an example <laughs> more than try to force people into my way of thinking. So I appreciate what you're saying mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> Same. No one else has said that around me. And I'm like, am I crazy? <laughs> well, think of the LP as like, I don't, to me, I'm like, uh, I rejoined the LP. I hadn't been in the LP for um, some time. Well, no, I guess I was like technically a member, but like I hadn't really been voting LP because of this, like I didn't really think like the LP could, could kind of win. I, I think that the reason that um, even though I'd liked them more, like I always like the liberty. I'm not saying like I like the republic. It's just like you're not gonna win, you know. Uh, right. uh, but I, let's, I, let's be honest though, for a second here, Donald Trump was more likable as a person than Bill Weld. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, look, I don't think Donald Trump was a particularly libertarian president from a, from a policy perspective. But it was so um, fucking funny. Yeah, no, well, I, I completely agree that he was funny. And I, I think there's a, I, I got this argument, I think, from um, Tho, Bi Tho Bishop. Love um, That like he, Trump did more, and this isn't necessarily on the libertarian axis, but Trump did more to like get people to realize how much the like corporate press and the mainstream media is yeah. like is lying okay. to them all of the time. Um, and so I, I give Trump a lot of credit for that, even though I don't think his his policies were, were particularly libertarian. Although he, he gutted his, a, yeah, yeah. He he gutted the legitimacy of the, yeah, that, yes. the corporate press and the government all yes. in one fell swoop yeah. so even if he was doing it accidentally as a bull in a china shop the effect <laughs> yeah. of what he did is amazing i could talk about trump for for some time because he's 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 very interesting um <laughs> his because like like look at trump and covid like his to me his instincts were very good but somehow he wasn't able to follow them and in, and instead like his his he his instincts are correct so often in, yes. in terms of politics in terms of understanding that like you know the what the polls say today is not what the polls are going to say you know months from now i think a lot of politicians mm -hmm. kind of like naively chase the polls you could look at like mm -hmm. support for um support for black lives matter which i'm not even going to give an opinion on but like it's actually below where it was pre uh george floyd at least for white people and some other yeah demographics right and so mm -hmm. it's like to go against it and it spiked up like plus 25 percent in the yeah. in the event uh and sort of the in, in when the event happened and then it just decayed all the way down to below where where it started from and a lot right. and so if you're a politician who just chases the polls you're going to see well everyone likes it you know so i've got to support it um and so i think and and like yeah he has he has interesting instincts in that regard well and i think that if you look at his his floundering, flip-flopping views on war, you can tell that he has good instincts. And he starts with the, gr the good idea, 
but you can also tell that whoever talked to that dude last is what he says out loud. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, just don't listen to these people. Yeah. Just, why is Bill Crystal anywhere near you? Or, <laughs> or what's but his that's name? Why- the mustache guy, John Bolton. What the fuck? Yeah. What, why? Right, I, right. How did he I end call him yeah, Warstache. Right. a great example. Yeah. <laughs> but I would get excited when he would talk to Rand Paul because when he talked to Rand, like good things would happen. And yeah. so every time I saw that dude walking around the White House, I was like, yes, go, go talk to Trump. Yeah. Yeah. But he, <laughs> Maybe but we like, won't blow up by Rand. He, he destroyed Rand Paul. I'm, it's one of the, like, I'm not like, yeah. I don't even watch the debates, but I've seen that clip. Uh, of, of him, uh, like I forget what it was, or something about like <laughs> something about how ugly he was, or something. <laughs> and like he has this like base level uh, ability uh, to kind of like manipulate or influence things that that I think yeah. was uh, was kind of unparalleled. Well, school bullies tend to be people that are. I don't. I mean, I don't know about you guys' experience, but the school bully was hilarious. And the reason that they got away with so much of what they did was because it was funny. And Trump just had that. He could be a bully, but it was hilarious. And you were kind of like, yeah, well, that guy is fat. What are you going to do? <laughs> you, know, like, you kind of agreed with him. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't yeah. nice. You weren't supposed to say that out loud. But, you know. Well, that, that's why there's that meme now. When Biden does something horrible, everyone's like, well, at least there aren't any mean tweets. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. his tweets make me far more angry than a mean tweet ever could because Biden's doing all that love and unity shit. And I'm like, I don't want that with you. I want you to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> we are not the same. We're not on the same team. Go take that somewhere else right. <laughs> or the carrot and stick. I've mentioned this more than once, but did you notice when the vaccine passport concept was being talked about a couple of weeks ago, they kept talking about using it as a carrot and a stick to get people to do what they wanted. Yes. Oh yeah. That, I've heard that yeah. several times. No, it, I mean, and that's another thing that if you have that libertarian Sensitive. ethos that rubs you completely the wrong way, where it's clear that like they've believed that certain outcomes are good. And then they've attempted to manipulate people uh, you know, to, to produce them. I mean, you could look at yeah. like the way that they switched on, on masks off of no evidence, mm-hmm. no, no mm-hmm. new evidence, right. It was about shifts in, in, in perception and, and the vaccine passport stuff was the same thing. Like <clears throat> they want as many, any people to get vaccinated as possible. And you can actually make, I think a, a pretty good argument that that's beneficial. That may be an unpopular argument here, but I, I think there is an <laughs> argument, uh, an argument for that. Um, but I, but I, even if you think that that's true to me, that like the idea that they're going to attempt to like manipulate people into it happening, right. uh, you know, I, I find very disgusting regardless. Well, and it's, for me, it's, that was the probably one of the more offensive things that I heard because when you're talking about a carrot and a stick, you're talking about how to lead your donkey. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> your fucking jackass, dude. <laughs> I'm not yeah. your pet. I'm not your animal. And so that, that it's, it's the anarchist in me going, say it again. Well, I saw an article <laughs> that said uh, vaccines are 100% safe for 12 to 16 year olds. And I thought, God, you're not even going to give us that 0.0001 to cover your ass. 100%. I mean, <laughs> You just don't even sound honest at that point. Well, all right. If only to be provocative, um, I think it isn't. I think libertarians like I'm. I'm very. You know, I want to make decisions for myself. I hate right. the idea of other people making decisions for me. It's extremely repulsive. I'm like whatever that spectrum is. I'm like all the way. Like yeah. I've had. I've had trouble my whole life. I don't want other people to make decisions for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm. 
I'm kind of smart. I think I'm pretty smart. You know, like a lot of people aren't for whatever reason, you know, it's, we can, it's a whole discussion as to why, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's true that Most a lot of people, people aren't people. Yeah. Um, well, okay. But like, but wow. now like we have to live in a society with them. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so we have to consider like the policy outcomes on, you know, on every, on everyone, right? Like not everyone's going to be like us who's going to yeah. pick things up and look at them and reason about them and so on. And I'm not trying to say therefore X, like I don't have a second step to this argument. <laughs> I just yeah, think yeah. that it's like something that you do need to think about because this idea that like, like <laughs> another way I've heard it put is that like open-mindedness is only useful if you're intelligent, right? Being open-minded and dumb is kind of maladaptive, <laughs> right? Like yeah, then if, you're, if, I'm, if I'm open-minded and dumb, then anyone can convince me of anything. You right. Know? You only <laughs> open your mind so you can shut it again. On yeah. something else yeah. like there's a reason you open it it's not just like oh hey i'll take everything <laughs> but most right. people don't do that when they're open-minded carl they're sagan said don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out <laughs> and i like that a lot yeah. but it's like all right you guys i think you guys are all you're, you're smart people like if any one of us was in a position of arguing even something we don't believe with someone with mm -hmm. an iq of like 85 like we could argue the exact <laughs> opposite of what we believe. And if that person yeah. was, you know, right. And you could persuade that person assuming they're open-minded. Right. And yeah. so it's like, you have to kind of be more like it's, it's, it's rational to trust authority and to do some of these other things, like sort of like the less intelligent that, that you are, you don't want people yeah. to, to be extremely open-minded that they can't mm -hmm. handle it. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. not to mention that, you know, the minds of most people in this country are formed by the government through public schooling. Yeah. So it's not like they're not primed against our way of thinking already. So we live in a, we live in a fun time. Speaking of that fun time, we do like to ask all of our guests for their white pill, something that our guests can or not. Our, well, like I heard someone call their audience their guests not that long ago. And I was like, that's going to get real confusing if I do that, <laughs> but that our audience, if they hear it, they can take that to heart or see some form of silver lining to what's going hope. on. A little, little hope white pill microdose. Is there anything right now that is a white pill for you? Uh, yes, but we kind of covered them. Like I have two giant white pills in my life and they're the company and the technology that I'm building and yeah. the free state projects like nice. I, I mean honestly in terms of like politics it's it's the free state project like i think the free state project is the biggest white pill like mm -hmm. it's 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 actually it not like i i didn't i didn't even appreciate this before i moved here and so it's difficult to explain like because i moved here i was like this makes logical sense and and you know this has some of the the the, the, it'll play out the way that like other, you know, early type, um, you know, startups or cultural scenes played out and it's going to accelerate. And I was like, I want to, I want to be in on this. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a particularly emotional decision. At least I don't think it was, but after moving here, it's like, there was this like weight or pressure on me that I didn't even realize that I couldn't even like articulate of like yeah. needing to hide certain things or like not be my full self. Yeah. And I mean, now it's like, 
I'm surrounded by libertarians. I can see libertarians all the time. I bump into them onto the street. I go to the grocery store and I run into one or I see the sticker in the parking lot, even if I don't end up seeing them, you know, it's, and, and it, and it feels like, oh, I can just be me. I can just like, I, this is, I can just be my, my full self because I think that libertarians, yeah, you have to hide who you are at least a little bit in a lot of contexts. Um, and like I came from a, a, a very, you know, basically like progressive left, uh, like mm-hmm. technocratic progressive left. So not like socialist progressive left, but like right. that's the, that's the kind of culture that I was embedded within before I, before I moved here. And it just, it feels really good uh, to, to be, to be embedded within that. I mean, that, so like you can get into all this like policy stuff about how we're winning and we're the only state that's cutting taxes and all this shit or whatever, but just like to, to, yeah, I don't personal know. I don't, I'm not putting it you, to work very well, but it feels really good. Yeah. You have some personal freedom that you never felt before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even freedom. Like, cause I, I mean, I maybe had the freedom, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, it, there's just this this pressure on it's not even a pressure it's just like you're always running this loop in your mind maybe not even consciously like understanding like how you have to communicate and how you have to speak and like hedging things in a way or whatever yes. and, I'm not, and i'm not saying that yeah. you're lying or anything like that but like you you know it's you you understand the climate that you're within and you're speaking differently and so it should just be this in this place where it's like you know, these things that like you knew that like, you know, 5%, 10% of people around you believed them. And now it's like, you're surrounded by people that believe them and it feels very yeah, free. Awesome. Yeah. I, I have so much respect for people who actually engage in developing alternative markets because you hear every libertarian on social media say, well, alternative markets solve this. But, you know, for every thousand of those, there might be one guy who's actually trying to create an alternative market. Excuse me, alternative market. I can talk. Um, so <laughs> that is something I genuinely appreciate about you is that you, you're not just making one. Like you're actively trying to create an environment, <laughs> an alternative environment for people like me. So, yeah, you've given me a lot to think about today. Yeah. I hope you guys, uh, no pressure. I'm not going to make you like say anything while we're on the, on the camera or anything. But if you haven't come up here, it really merits a, a, a visit. Um, okay. We have... Um, we can kind of give you the insider tour. This is something that we're trying to work on as an organization because a lot of people are like, oh, I'll come check out New Hampshire. And they like just come up and they don't talk to us. Like there's all kinds of like secret shit going on. You know, that's like you, you got to you gotta kind of like get well, plugged in. You got to message someone. You, anyone's okay. welcome to message me. Um, the organization, you can also go through the organization and we actually literally have like a web form you can fill out and we'll help you get plugged in. But I think only like one oh. out of three people that visit actually fill out the web form libertarians. Right. Uh, <laughs> so um, we're trying to, that's a, one of our actual like organizational focuses. Like, okay, how do we get more people to visit to actually like come through us? Because like, there's just like, there's a lot of stuff going on. That's not necessarily public. Uh, right. And, and we can also match people, you know, with, with kind of their type. Like, look, hey, yeah. DC libertarian comes up here that works at Cato. Hey, did you know Nick Sarwark's up here? You know, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, we gotta. Um, what a draw! <laughs> hey, look, look, I, I, there's um, I don't like Nick. I, and this, I, well, 
I don't I don't like the way that Nick behaves publicly. I actually think he's a better person privately than the way that he behaves publicly on on, on social media. Um, Most of us so. are, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't mean to say that I don't like him. Uh, I, I actually think I, I'm so I actually much worse than I this is everyone's gonna not like me now, but I, I do think that I like Nick. Um I think there's this um there's this phenomenon. I'm not a fan of Freud, but but Freud did come up with this phenomenon. He called it the narcissism of small differences. And it's yeah. this idea that um, like all of the most like violent and visceral conflicts, they're from like cultures that are right next to, to one another, right? They're from people mm -hmm. who are like adjacent. And it's because, you know, so like this, this rejection of Nick, it's because libertarians, I'm not like him. I don't want to be seen like him. The truth is Nick is closer to you than like 90% of people. That's the truth, right? Like yeah. you can do, that can make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. God. Um, and and so that's the truth. Uh and so I I I and look, I like I I reply to him on Twitter, so I'm like not trying to say like I'm I'm above any of this. Um uh in fact my favorite one of my favorite things to do is whenever I see these people who post just the dumbest shit, like I'll just like reply with a poll, you know, yeah, like Nick. I was, saw like, that. Oh, yeah, you see yeah. Seen like, Nick was talking shit about like Ashley Babbitt. I'm just like, who's more libertarian, you know, Ashley Babbitt or Nick Starwark? And like, oh, I Ashley saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and That's Ashley great. Babbitt won like 93% to 7%, you know, like, and so, I, I, so I'm not trying to say like, I'm, 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 I'm above, uh, you know, being in the fray a little bit. Um, but I do think even when I do that, like, like Nick is not, he's not John Bolton. He's not AOC. He's not whoever it is that's like, diametrically opposed to you he's closer to you than most people yeah uh, and so i do i while a lot of what he says but like i think is stupid i think that it's still true that that he's he's close to you and so i think that that's uh you know we, we don't there's not that many um there's not that many libertarians and we should try to we should try to be um oriented outwards now it's tough when you're someone like nick he spends so much of his time sniping at what i would regard as the good libertarians well it's like are you supposed to ignore that i don't know um but i would you know i don't know, I don't know. that's that's my comment <laughs> yeah i mean ethically i agree with what you're saying but in the moment it's very difficult Just yeah kinda like yeah <laughs> do your best I, Just do I, your best y'all I think based on things like attitude and um, what's the word, just how I am as a person, personality, I would probably be more comfortable hanging out with an anarcho-communist than Nick Starwark, though. <laughs> For sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's the... Uh, uh, um it's the red pill, blue pill thing, right? In the sense that like, yeah, yeah like Nick Sarwark might technically be closer than Glenn Greenwald in policy uh, prescriptions, but I'd still rather hang out with Glenn Greenwald because like, absolutely, he has a much better, you know, <laughs> understanding of what's actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh -huh. something that also goes on with, um, with someone like, like, uh, I, so, okay. I, uh, Justin, take Justin Amash. Um, who I think is way better than Nick. I don't, I'm not trying to say he's like, he's, he's, he's bad or something, but it's gotta be really hard. Right. So first of all, you're a politician, which means that you like people liking you, right? It's yeah. tough to end up being a politician without liking being liked. And then if you're Justin Amash, 
basically it's like anytime he says shit about the Republicans, it's like 10,000 likes, right? And then you're like, Hayek, Hayek had some good ideas. And it's like 300 likes, you know, <laughs> like, like it's, 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 it's a tough set of incentives. Even if you're yeah. a, even if you're like a diehard and you get it because there's this complex that you're within that's like really rewarding you right yeah like justin amash got so rewarded not by the republican party but by people at large for attacking trump you know for for, for sort of turning on the republicans and right. if you're one of those people and justin and nick are both these types of people where it's like they're very um you know attracted to other people liking and being interested in, in, in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, they face a really tough set of incentives because the engagement they can get for sharing the like diehard libertarian idea is never going to match what they can get for being the libertarian that's criticizing, uh, you know, others. So true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, there's no denying it. it. As much as I don't like it, it there, I mean, that is a, a solid truth, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I appreciate all of the things that you're doing. And I, I love that you are a thinker and you're thinking through these in ways that a lot of other people aren't. Um, and so I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I appreciate you fighting the SEC and the federal government. I love anyone who does that. It's like my, one of my favorite things. Um, love library. I love the uncancelable nature of it. I love, um, I, I haven't really dipped my toes in the free state project, so I can't say much about that, but you're a good salesman for it. So maybe I'll have to take a trip up to New Hampshire and I'll for let sure. you buy me a beer or something. Several, <laughs> several. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it both it's going to take guys, several. You guys, anyone listening, uh, I'm very available. Uh, I, and if you're interested in, in checking out uh, New Hampshire, I will personally help you and personally get you plugged in. You can certainly go through the organization. They'll do a good job too. And I'm a part of the organization. I'm on the board. Uh, but if you're listening to me and you say, I like that guy, uh, send me, uh, a D you can DM me, you can email me. It's all very public and I'm happy to help you. Awesome. Well, and, and right now, like I said, you are fighting um, against the federal government. So if people want to help you in library, they can go to help library, save crypto.com. That's help L B R Y save crypto.com. They can sign the petition and help you out. If they haven't looked at library or odyssey, which we're streaming on, like I said, for the first time ever tonight, uh, go to audit. You can go to odyssey. To, oops, that's the wrong button. You can go to odyssey.com and check out the YouTube destroyer. Um, if you want to see the bare bones, if you want to see how he has put this together, you can go to library.com or if you want to be a lot of help, you can download the library app and use that on your computer so that you can help speed up the network and make the thing run better. So on it. do that. Download yeah. some blockchains, people help out. Um, <laughs> and if you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, it's pretty simple at Jeremy Kaufman. He does great polls. We've gone over this. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, before we, we get out of here, is there anything else you want to tell people about or have we covered it? No, I, I think we covered it. I'll say because that was a really long list, if you're listening at this point, you better go to odyssey.com and create an account. It takes like a minute and you won't regret it. So and Subscribe to our channel. Yes. <laughs> because because I Please. work my ass off to make this stuff look good. 
yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, like I said, thank you for coming on. And then yeah, if you want to go, you can, or if you want to sit through me reading all of the things that are coming up in the future, you can. <laughs> Let's do that now. So with been, that, yeah. um, we next week, or not next week, because we're, we, we're doing two this week. Wednesday, mm -hmm. your boy Dent from Zen Pro Audio, aka at Dent in the World on Twitter, will be joining us. He's a good friend, good person. You should join us. Um, next Wednesday, after that, Natalie Danilishan will be joining us, the person who converted Rob Schneider to, to Liberty, which is a pretty pretty big get compared to other people who've brought other people to Liberty. <laughs> and then following that, Mr. Mike Meharry from the 10th Amendment Center, a good friend. Uh, he also does a show called Godarchy. If you're a Christian and you're not listening to that, you're a nerd. Do it. Do I am that. a nerd. Do that, nerd. Um, yeah, I'm gonna and do then it. finally, uh, adding to the list, um, right after Mike, we have Miss Maddie from Voluntary Vixen joining us for episode 99. Whoop, and then whoop. I'll have next week, oh, I better have something to tell you about our 100th episode. I think I have like four days to, to really set that in stone. So watch out. It's going to be good, I hope. Um, but beyond <laughs> that... Uh, I'm on Twitter at Cam Harless. Jessica's at Soup Canarchist. Um, all of our links are in the description. So go down there, get a shirt, buy some coffee at Lorenzotti.coffee using the promo code The Mad Ones. Um, get subscribe on Odyssey, YouTube, um, iTunes, everywhere. Just do it. Give us give us the power we need to do more good stuff and hang out with good people and bring you along with us. Um, with that, that is our uh, condensed version of the list tonight. We didn't ask him what his favorite horror movie was. Shit. I know. Damn Missed it. It's opportunity. Oh, I'm going to have okay. to, I'm going to have to tweet at him. Tweet him, tweet at him. Cause we forgot. Do that. <laughs> we'll mention it. Remind me to mention that with dent next week. Cause I'll find yes. out. And then we'll mention it. Um, but beyond that, we are done. So I love you, dear audience. And as always, uh, be the glitch that you want to see in the Matrix. 